Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, welcome to the second episode of the O Show podcast. Uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, if you listen to episode one, uh, we're going to try to make this a little bit smoother and flow a little bit more. The first episode, we were kind of, you know, just seeing if we could just make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we succeeded. You know, we got it out there. So, uh, but I think this one's going to be a bit better. So, uh, you uh, do anything this weekend, Hughes? I did a lot this weekend. Mostly, I was on a quest this weekend to watch all three Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, here in Canada, they're on Netflix, and I saw them up, and they're like the extended versions of each one. So I really made it a quest on Saturday. I got up, started watching the first one, finished it, went and got some McDonald's, started the second one. And it was all peaches until it was like 1 a.m. when the second one ended. So I had, oh, God. <laughs> I had to go to sleep. Uh, I couldn't pull the uh, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. pull. Not this time around. Uh, but Sunday came around and I really wasn't into it. So instead, I actually watched the Grammys, which oof, oof. was <laughs> as boring and as long as the Super Bowl, it was uh, I it was not a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't usually watch the Grammys. I usually watch like the Oscars and the Golden Globes. But uh, this one was pretty painful. I don't know if you caught it at all, but it. Um, yeah, I watched like none of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just saw the lineup for like the people that were going to be performing live and everything, and some of the names that were nominated, and I'm like. I have literally no idea who these people are. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of awards go to people that I didn't know. And then a pretty big highlight was uh, Donald Glover just didn't show up, even though he won two or three awards, um, which if he doesn't even care if he's winning the award, then like, why should I care and tune in, even though I did? Uh, it just kind of <laughs> seemed... It seemed like a mess for them, and I'll be curious to see what happens going forward because it seemed like not a lot of artists were really into it either. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you want to hop right into the trade deadline drama? Sure, we can do that. Um, yeah, I think the probably the biggest trades that were made were uh, we got Tobias Harris going to the Sixers. We got Mr. Marcus Gasol going to Toronto. We got Miritich going to the Bucks, and then probably the most uh, publicized, I guess, non-trade was uh, Anthony Davis not heading to the Lakers. Now, being a Bulls fan this season, I have personally not really kept up with the NBA so much. So I just want to get your take on uh, like how obviously the big moves were made out east, and how that kind of shakes up those big four teams out there. Well, you you missed a really important buyout, too. I don't know if you've heard, but Jeremy Lin is also headed to Toronto. <laughs> my, yeah. my saving grace, my hero that I called back in 2012 that he was going to be a star. And he just he proved me right for a solid nine games for the Knicks. It was quite delightful back then. But I think he scored as many points in those nine games that he had since. <laughs> He he may he may have uh, or less, <laughs> maybe may less too. I don't know. I just 
I really appreciated seeing him go into or getting off of the Hawks, I guess I should say, because that team is just like headed for the uh, Zion Williamson like draft, basically. And uh, it's a smart it's, play. Yeah, it is a smart play, <laughs> but it's good to see him get on a contender. And, uh, you know, Toronto doesn't get a lot of hope all the time. And I think uh, Jeremy Lin stands for some kind of hope. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just love it. <laughs> You'll get the uh, you'll get the Asian community behind you. <laughs> well, yeah, that does help. <laughs> Besides that, though, um, really, the Sixers got this all started by trading for Tobias Harris, who he's going to be a free agent this summer, just like Jimmy Butler. So they're obviously they're like they're making their big finals push. Um, because they they finally are able to, considering LeBron James is out of the East. And I'm sure that they're hoping that they'll sell Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler on, you know, this can be our, like, big four with you guys and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And, you know, they could be the team to beat coming out of the East for, for a long time if they can keep that together. Yeah, but, I know heard on like ESPN a lot of analysts have said that uh like the Sixers have the second best starting five in the NBA obviously behind Golden State but like I guess they're like first five are pretty stacked yeah and they've already been like dubbed the nickname the fantastic five fantastic starting with a ph there <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty dismal nickname but it's pretty terrible nonetheless it's uh they have a nickname before they didn't have one at all so (laughs) (laughs) subsequently though with that trade that really led to um mark gasol being traded to toronto um they got rid of delon wright and cj miles who both were like and they actually got rid of someone else i'm blanking on his name um but oh, they got rid of Valanciunas, and all three of those guys are r- good role players. CJ Miles has been like pretty underwhelming for the Raptors. Um, he had a curse set on him because he had a GoDaddy.com commercial come out earlier this year, and we yeah, all yeah, that's how, that's never good. <laughs> yeah, we all know how those like really take a player down a notch. So. Gasol going to Toronto, that sparked some hope for sure. They actually, they've used him quite a bit over the last two games with them. And he's been, he's been playing really well. He like opens the floor a lot more. He's like a big passing big man, which Valanciunas is not. Um, I'm curious to see if he ever makes his way into the starting lineup. Right now he's playing behind Ibaka, but given the matchups in a playoff series, I'm pretty certain they'll start Gasol and maybe even Abaka alongside with him if they're playing um, another team that has a lot of size. Yeah. And then that also, the, that trade led to Mirtich coming over from New Orleans to the Bucks, which basically just adds another shooter for um, Giannis to pass out to which they don't have a lot of 
big names on the. You're not, a, not even gonna try that last name. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> I I don't want to embarrass. I have it like written out in front of me, and I can't even I can't even begin to try. <laughs> uh, they don't have a lot of big names outside of Giannis on the Bucks. Like Chris Middleton, he's an All Star. They got Eric Bledsoe, who he's kind of up and down. I don't know. He seems kind of melodramatic sometimes um and maybe i'm just thinking that because of the way he kind of like worked his way out of phoenix um a year ago or like a year and a half ago now but what really what really is interesting is those three teams they're already in the top four of like the standings and then you have the celtics who kind of stood pat um in terms of trades that making towards the deadline, obviously they're trying to, uh, they're trying to really make noise this summer by convincing Kyrie and maybe possibly trading for Anthony Davis. Um, But it seems that unless the Celtics can kind of like write the ship, um, I, you know, my order would go, I would bank on the Sixers at being coming out not as the first seed, but making it to the finals. Um, and then I think it's kind of a toss up between the Raptors and the Bucks, to be honest. It just depends on how well Kawhi plays versus Giannis plays. You know, Kawhi's been in this situation a lot more um, previously with the Spurs. And, well, I mean, the, the Raptors in general have. I mean, they still have, like, Ibaka's got playoff experience and um, Lowry has playoff experience. Like, they're pretty – like, I don't think the stage will be too big for them. Yeah, and I think they – I think they're pretty, like – they're definitely, like, playing with a chip on their shoulder, right? They've lost in the Eastern Conference semifinals for the past two seasons, and – uh they they truly know that if they don't make the finals, I I have a tough time seeing Kawhi staying in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only way they can sell him on that. And for the Bucks, you know, they got a new system. They got Budenholzer there. They got Giannis there for, you know, for the foresee- foreseeable future. So it doesn't have to be finals or bust for them. So it does take some pressure off. Um, but for the Sixers in Toronto, whew, those are, those are big, big teams with big moves. Yeah. Now for all the moves that these teams have made, do you think, I mean, you know, anything can happen, but I think it's a, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to come out of the West. Do you think that any of the East teams, uh, could match up with them or even, you know, push them to six or seven? I think the only ones that could possibly make it a series are the Sixers. Um, I just, I don't trust Kyle Lowry or Eric Bledsoe in big series. I don't know. We've seen Kyle Lowry in a big series and, you know, he's played, well he hasn't played like below average per se he just he hasn't like 
sparked a whole nother level because I don't really think he has a whole nother level to go to. Yeah. Uh, I know he has Kawhi and Kawhi does have a whole nother level, but the thing is he's still coming back from whatever weird quad injury he had. And I mean, it's clear they're playing, they're not even playing them back to back yet. And I don't see them doing that the entire season. So I think it's kind of a working year for them and the Sixers. I mean, they were fiending off of last year's success and then they had minimal success to start the season. And now they're a completely different team than they started. And then they're also like a completely different team than they were just two weeks ago or whatever. So they have the most riding on it, I think. And they basically have the window of rookie or sorry, uh, Ben Simmons rookie contract to get something done because they're going to have to pay him a max max deal I think in two years so they kind of got this year and next year yeah well with the Sixers I mean it's kind of interesting because um, like a few years ago obviously everybody knows about um, the term called the process that they coined where basically their plan was to kind of say from a front end office from a front end perspective that you know we're just going to lose we're just going to tank and keep getting these really high picks and we're just and even if we miss on a few of them which they have with uh markel fultz and jaleel okafor (laughs) (laughs) terrible um and now like okafor is with somebody i don't even know he's pretty much irrelevant now um and they just shipped off uh Fultz to Orlando and I'm just wondering if uh I mean I suppose it's a success because it did land Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and I mean they're in the playoffs right now and you know there's a lot of hope there but it did take a really long time and I think it just kind of goes to show you about you know it's great if you want to tank and everything, but like you have to nail those picks. Otherwise you're just going to keep going through the same cycle over and over. Right. Yeah. I mean, they started that like relatively in 2012 they've had right now. Elton brand is their GM. I think this is the third GM since then. And this is his first year. So obviously he's like, make, he's made some pretty big moves um, this season, but they did, they had an interesting way of going about the process. It was always trying to trying to draft like literally the best player, regardless of if it fit or not with their team or their chemistry or whatever. So that's like why there was Okafor and Embiid, even though, those two players don't seemingly fit well on a basketball court. Their process was who cares? Just take the best available player and we'll either make something work on the court or we will like trade this guy for more picks or a different player and what have you. And I think that seven years of doing that or six, like, I mean, they had success last year um yeah it did work i i don't necessarily think though that taking the best available just the best available player is the best idea i think 
taking the best available player for the positions you need to fill is a much smarter idea. Um, and I, I think that if we've learned anything from that, it's that you should still try to form a team and not just assets because assets can't play well together. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've kind of had like the idea because nowadays, yeah, you can draft players, but you don't really know what you're getting. And I think teams nowadays are realizing that free agency and trading is the way to do it. Like, I know Boston had all those picks, but they're just holding on to them. Like, they're not they're not planning to actually draft people, and they're just using it to, you know, pick players that they've seen that have had success in the league and try to trade for them rather than trying to spend it on a, you know, top – 10 pick or something because well basketball is kind of interesting in terms of the draft just because it's so so top heavy like you think about all the players that are you know superstars in this league I mean Durant went two LeBron went one um Curry dropped but that's just because of his size Um, and and he shouldn't have dropped like I'm pretty sure Johnny Flynn was picked before him and Rick yeah. Rubio. Like, it was embarrassing. That was the, both the Timberwolves picked those two players before Steph Curry. Yeah. And it's just like a crazy contrast when you, you know, look at like the NFL. And I mean, quarterbacks and stars get taken in all kinds of rounds and late and everything. That's why the Patriots, that's why they don't bundle, you know, five picks for a first rounder. That's why they give away their first rounder every year for, you know, two third rounders. Cause you might as well, cause there you're trying to, you know, throw darts at a wall and hope that one hits. Mm-hmm. But with basketball, you kind of, you kind of know like the top talent at the top and you're kind of hoping with the bottom half of the first and the second round, but you pretty much know, you know, which guys look like they have what it could take in the NBA and you have to do like everything in your power to get into that mix. Yeah. And there's just even like Ben Simmons was uh, like first pick that should have been taken. Um, Even though every year it seems like someone between it's like one through five is actually going to come out as being the best player of that draft or what have you. Um, but still what you're saying is correct. You have to be way up there. It's like, even if you're in the top 10, there's no guarantee. That's why this idea of tanking for those at least top five picks is better suited for any team. Um, if they really do want to start their rebuild. Well, speaking of all those stars and the top picks, uh, the all-star game is coming up this week. And I think the game itself is on Sunday. And I think the skills competition is on Saturday. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had an interesting dynamic this year because, well, I know a lot of a lot of leagues, like the NFL did it and the NHL did it, but I don't think MLB has because baseball is old and they love <laughs> tradition. <laughs> But yeah, the NBA has switched to a fantasy style of drafting where um, the conferences don't matter and they just have two captains 
that's like the only place where it does matter, where they have one from the East and one from the West. And you get to pick your own players in, you know, fantasy style draft. And I think it's just interesting because uh, not only was this the first time it was televised, but um, as we've seen with all the free agency and teams moving or players moving around, uh, it's interesting to see the picks and also on Sunday how they're going to play and interact with each other. I think the most interesting part of the televised draft this year was we got to see Giannis poke a lot of fun at LeBron. Um, when LeBron picked Anthony Davis, Giannis kind of was caught whispering saying, Oh, isn't that tampering or something like along those lines. And it was like, even though the trade line, the trade deadline had just passed, um, they kind of had like a good chuckle out of it. And then of course, Charles Barkley, um, said something to LeBron along the lines of, oh, well, shouldn't you just trade your entire bench for Anthony Davis? <laughs> you know, yeah. LeBron like awkwardly took a sip of water and like giggled. But at the same time, you could probably, he probably wasn't too happy that no. that was like put out there. Um, but interesting enough for like for LeBron, Gian, you know, Giannis, you could tell that he was just picking players. He's doing whatever. He's on the books. But LeBron, you know, he picked Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi, Clay Thompson, and Anthony Davis. And four of those five guys are free agents coming up this summer. Um, not Anthony Davis, but obviously through all that trade, like between the Pelicans and the Lakers fiasco, he obviously wants to play with Davis. So that's already kind of a given. And LeBron has already come out and said, you know, the all-star wasn't about talking to potential free agents or anything like that, which is honestly, that just, that just cannot be true because there's, if he's not using the all-star game to talk to like potential free agents, because he is allowed to talk to these guys about like their futures and stuff, whereas teams aren't and like the NBA can crack down on teams, but they can't crack down on players. Um, he's, he's gotta be putting these guys in their team so he can be like, Hey, is, look how fun it is to play with me. Like you should come join me this summer because I'm going to be on the Lakers for the next three years, which is the longest, you know, he's like ever signed a deal in the last oh man like since 2010 um and so if he's not using this as an opportunity to talk to these guys then he's actually not playing this as smart as he should be but in reality we all know that he's going to be talking to these guys and especially someone like Irving who like hinted at man it would be pretty cool to like play with LeBron well Sorry, I shouldn't say he said that. It just, he kind of seemed like he hinted at he missed playing with LeBron through the whole apology phone call he gave to him. Um, well, I mean, he had the, he had a taste of the good life and then he left it and now he misses it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, I didn't know whatever he said. I didn't know what it took to be a leader on that team. And now I understand. And when you say stuff like that, it's, it sounds like, Oh, you, you want to go back to being like the second fiddle with LeBron. Cause you know, he knows what it's like to lead and stuff. 
Um, I think a really curious one is like Clay Thompson, who nobody really thinks he's going to leave the Warriors. I mean, he has such a good thing going there. It's a great system for his skill set, um, being like a catch and shoot guy. But his dad played for the Lakers. It's it's worth LeBron at least talking to him and seeing how he feels about joining the Lakers. And I mean, I think for Clay Thompson, someone who has always been second or third um, on a team, I think that, you know, if he has that drive to kind of be a star on a team playing with LeBron, who's aging is going to be beneficial for him, especially if, they win a whole bunch. Um, yeah, I've always felt bad for Clay. Like he's he's always been overshadowed by either Curry or Durant, but he's like, I mean, he's a really solid player. I don't think that if you put him on a bad, like if you put him on, you know, the Cavs or the Knicks, like I don't think he's going to take them very far by himself. But yeah, if you pair him even with an aging LeBron James, and let's just say with Anthony Davis too, I mean, that would be just crazy (laughs) yeah I mean he would get an incredible amount of open shots I'm I could argue that he would get more playing with those two guys compared to Curry and Durant because they're a little bit more ball dominant in the fact that they kind of are ball dominant for their jump shot and a little bit less on drives you know that's like LeBron's key thing is when he really wants to, he can like muscle his way into any kind of like contorting layup or dunk that he needs to. Um, he doesn't always do it, but if he had a shooter like Clay, I mean, that kind of would be the play. It's like, all right, you drive LeBron, and if you feel like you can make the layup, go for it. If not, like Clay will probably be wide open somewhere on the wing. It seems like a pretty foolproof plan to me. Yeah. And then Anthony Davis, you just stand on at the defensive end and just block everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I mean, those two guys too, um, especially, especially someone like Davis, who is obviously very adamant about leaving the Pelicans. He clearly doesn't want to be just the only guy on his team. He wants somebody to take more of the, the blame per se when they lose or, you know, guide them through things. Anthony Davis, I think he's 26 or something like that. I mean, he's still super young. um, And so he's still getting his legs under him really in the NBA and playing with someone like LeBron, that just, it would be fantastic for him. Um, But we'll see how, if that actually comes into fruition, it's, it's tough to see it at this point. Um, regardless the all-star draft it was a lot of fun Um, I really really appreciated just poking fun at LeBron throughout the entire thing (laughs) (laughs) did you like those uh, I guess kind of honorary additions of uh, Dwayne Wade and Dirk because obviously they haven't played at an all-star level this year but both are in the twilight years and both have obviously meant so much to the game you know this past I don't know, like past 20 years or so. Uh, did you like the fact that they're uh, on the squads this year? So 
I kind of go, I kind of go back and forth with the Dwayne Wade and Dirk edition. I actually, I really like that they're on there because I watched those players for so long. Um, and I think that they're very deserving of being like a special edition. That being said, I just want to make sure that from here on out, whenever we talk about like a hall of fame worthy player that we no longer talk about how many all-star games they went to because with first of all, fan voting counting is like 50% of the votes. Um, plus this, the commissioner being able to be like, and uh, we're just like giving one to Dwayne Wade and Dirk. It's kind of like this, this isn't as big of an honor as it was. It's just like trying to put on, the best game and the best show for all the fans, because I mean, that's legitimately what the game is about. Um, I just think that in the future, we got to talk about people and their resumes talking about like they're all NBAs. If they're voted to like the first, second or third team for that um, rather than the all-star rather than if they were the MVP of an all-star game, that all that stuff is so, uh, misconstrued um, because of the ability of people to get on there. Not to mention, you know, they're still choosing a certain number of players from each conference. And there's, you know, there's some players, for example, D'Angelo Russell, he's a good player. I just don't think that he should have been on the team over someone like Rudy Gobert. Um, so it's kind of like, Take every all-star with a grain of salt is how I want to put it. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you get that in the NFL, too, with uh, pro bowlers. And mm-hmm. the fact that the pro bowl is right before the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl is going to contain, obviously, some of the best players in the league. But they're never going to be recognized as pro bowlers for that specific year because they're obviously not invited. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the pro bowl, I mean, just – that I actually like that they play the game before the Super Bowl because I I remember a long time ago when it wasn't and just nobody was watching it and it was just like kind of a joke but they kind of like swung into the joke and which is like probably a good thing for the Pro Bowl just how I think it's like kind of a good thing for the All-Star game I don't think it should be serious I remember like years ago when Dwayne Wade accidentally broke Kobe's nose in the game and everyone was like all these laker fans were really pissed off at Dwayne wade for doing that and stuff like that it's like yeah maybe we shouldn't take it this seriously it's it's just supposed to be fun i hope the game is like 205 to 200 it's like (laughs) that's a little low (laughs) yeah maybe yeah maybe that is a little low maybe we should shoot for the 300 mark like it it's fun. It's like playing like a, it's like pl- watching a video game play out except with like actual players. So, yeah. The one thing that I did like about um, a couple of the past all-star games is yeah, it's been like uh alley-oop dunk fest kind of and one mixtape out there. But for the last, I don't know, I'd say like three or four minutes, they do play pretty legit and you'll get some, you'll get some scenarios where, you know, you might get two guys who are friends or teammates and they'll just, everyone else will kind of clear the court and let them go one-on-one. And I think that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. And and there are some players who still they I mean they work hard during the game. I saw a clip of Embiid <laughs> last year um like running down the court and blocking someone's layup and then like <laughs> sprinting back up and like firing a three and then like showing off to the crowd and stuff. Like whoever he blocked, I think it might have been Damian Lillard. You could see Lillard on, like on the other end just like like holding up his hands being like what what the hell man like, like chill bro <laughs> <laughs> um so it's i do i i agree with you that when it's close in the last couple minutes and having people uh kind of go head to head or have things like that it's fun and there's interesting wrinkles too um like a, a maybe must have been 2 years ago now when Westbrook and Durant were like back on the same team and everyone wondered if Westbrook was going to pass Durant the ball. And those are, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> those are fun uh, little wrinkles to the game that th- those are like exciting things and uh, they keep it interesting. And that's what it's for. It's for those small wrinkles, not for this like all out brawl fest. Now, speaking of all-stars, I got to get into a guy who's not yet in the NBA, but I can safely say will be racking up probably double-digit all-star appearances, and that is a freshman out of Duke by the name of Zion Williamson. Now, Yeah. (laughs) Now, I haven't watched a lot of college basketball this year, but anyone that I talk with it about, they kind of give the same thing. They're like, well, you know, all I know about college basketball this year is – Duke is really good, and that Zion Williamson is unbelievable. (laughs) So there was – I mean, he killed it again against Virginia, and there's just a crazy highlight of him just absolutely, you know, spreading out his arms. I mean, when the guy went up to release the shot and you looked at where Zion was, you would say, no, he can't block that. And then he just, like, you know, like a hawk just (laughs) – and just absolutely destroyed it. <laughs> it looked it looked like the scene from Space Jam where MJ's arm like extends. Oh to yeah, <laughs> make dunk. It legitimately when I first saw that clip, Zion he jumps and I'm like just waiting for him to come back to Earth, and it it almost looks fake because he just keeps skyrocketing. Just just enough to get like a fingertip on a corner three and to block it. And it was just an outstanding athletic play, first of all. And then second of all, the guy who was shooting that should have known I gotta shoot that like so much faster. <laughs> I think he I think he did pause for a second. Um and now you know, like if Zion's like twelve feet away, you got to get that thing up immediately. It's crazy how the hype has been uh, been building around this guy. He's honestly has been, I would say, arguably the most hyped. Maybe I mean not maybe not the best prospect, but the most hyped guy since LeBron came into the league. Because I mean, you he's all over ESPN. He's all over social media, and. The interesting thing about him, though, is throughout high school and at Duke, he's been known for his dunks. And, I mean, you can type into YouTube 
Zion Williamson dunk and you'll see, I mean, so many results will show up, but mm. I actually got a chance to watch him like a full game and he's actually a, like a good player. <laughs> yeah. Like he's not just a dunker and he can actually, obviously with the block he showed, he has pretty, he's a pretty good defensive player. I mean, he could pass. He's a lot faster than you would think because he doesn't look very athletic. Like, he looks kind of a little bit pudgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he looks kind of like a pudgier version of uh, Dwight Howard. <laughs> but, and, I mean, there was one, uh, I think it was a Virginia game this past weekend, and they, like, pass it out to him at the point, and he just pulls up and just drains a three, too. Like, he is, I mean, he is something that I've, I mean, I've just never seen something like that in his kind of frame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the last guy I can think of that was super, like, everyone kind of was waiting for him to enter the NBA, the last, I wouldn't say maybe not the last, like, definitive number one draft pick, but Anthony Davis had a certain mystery to him coming into the NBA, and, and but everyone knew this is clearly the best player like he has to go number one we know he's going to be great in the NBA we just don't know how great he's going to be in the NBA and Zion is in that same category if not more Um, and I don't know if it's from just the hype around Duke in general you know Duke's like a very historically good basketball program are and the fact that they have two other Cam Reddish RJ Barrett like very good players on their team too Um, but you're right that the hype just seems so much more real and I mean if someone gets the number one draft pick and they don't pick Zion Williamson it will be the most like laughable thing that any franchise has ever done and it doesn't even matter if Zion Williamson turns out to be a bust because if you like if you didn't take him and he turns out to be a bust you're still going to be laughed at because it's like you had to take him like you have to take him number one I there's just no other I don't care what team you are you just there's no other player who could have a higher possible ceiling than that man right there. Yeah, and this is this is the hype during the regular season. Like once March Madness hits, when you know tons more eyes will be on Duke and college basketball in general. Like that, as long as Duke goes far, that's going to be just huge. I mean, there's always a possibility. I mean, it is a tournament that Duke could get knocked out early, but even that, unless Zion you know, scores like 10 points for the other team. <laughs> like there's just no <laughs> way that I just don't think anything can derail his uh, momentum and his draft stock at this point. Like every single NBA team should be, if you're not going to make the playoffs, like you should be trying to tank at this point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the, the great thing is too, you know, even if you don't get the number one pick and you don't get Zion, I mean, there are other, really good players from this year's draft and um, by all accounts, there's going to be several good players who are going to be potential 
you know, franchise, like glue guys, I would say. They might not be like, you know, transcendental as Zion, but transcendent. What's that? Transcendent. Oh, yeah. Trans- there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that sociology degree. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 They might not be as uh, transcendent as Zion, but they are still going to be good players that will be quality assets and players for any franchise going forward. For sure. As hyped as I am for Zion Williamson, I am even more hyped for a new segment to our podcast. The first segment that actually has a name (laughs) and it's called the non-sports related rant. So (laughs) we're going to try to end episodes. We know that our outro in the first episode was pretty rough. So we're going to try to end each episode with something for the non-sports fans and just kind of something that's on our mind and something we can kind of get out to our listeners. So today what I have for you are delivery fees. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I am someone that, uh, you know, I'm not particularly, I'm a hard worker when I'm at work, but once I'm at home, like, you know, I just don't want to leave the couch. And if I do, I want to, you know, I'll go out to a restaurant and it'll be a sit down or something. But if I'm getting a pizza, like, I don't want to go to your store. All right. <laughs> but if you're going to charge me like three and four dollars before I even order anything, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that and I was thinking, you know, that must be for the driver or something and then right underneath it and kind of small lettering it says no delivery fee is not a driver's tip and then i'm like why am i tipping like where does this money go and i've yet to get a good answer (laughs) so any business owner out there any food person out there that's listening if you eliminate your delivery fee let me know your restaurant i will buy from you every single day oh man (laughs) so they don't they don't go to the driver i have no idea like if it did then why am i tipping him or her yeah i i just thought it went to the driver and then you know it was just common courtesy to add on a tip for the driver but (laughs) i guess common courtesy please (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got this i got this you know pizza place by where i live and Listen, it's great pizza, but they're already charging more than Pizza Hut. Like, I'm already paying a premium for your pizza. Don't make me pay a premium for your pizza, a premium for my laziness, and then a premium to the person delivering me the food. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you referred to it as a a premium. I feel like we're talking about, like, health insurance. I mean, we might as well be. (laughs) Except maybe. I don't get any benefits from this, except for pizza. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, it's a premium for your health insurance because they know you're so lazy that you're just going to sit on the couch and get your food. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll pay the delivery fee if you come into my house and give it to me on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, pop open a beer for me or something. Definitely get the, you know, get a plate down. It's in the top left corner of the cabinet. 
Oh, man. Okay. So, yes. All right. So, you've redone delivery fees. You'll pay them as long as that stranger comes into your house and does a few more things for you. That makes exactly. sense. Well, and I also just want to know where this fee is going. Like, what is the delivery fee used for? Because, you know, if it's going to a good cause, like, if this delivery fee is going to feed the homeless, like, yeah, I'll pay some delivery fees. If this delivery <laughs> fee is going to, like, Mr. Pizza Hut or Mr. Domino, like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if the guy who started Domino's is Mr. Domino, but I really, really hope that he is. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll mail him my pay stub and say, I'm not paying your delivery fees. (laughs) (laughs) Already got enough federal taxes coming out of this thing. I don't need a a premium fee on your pizza. Oh, hey, man, you just gave me an idea right there. (laughs) You know what we should do? We should, that should be deductible from your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I'm in the middle of filing my taxes. Maybe I'll just include all delivery fees as part of like, extra tax i had to put on there well yeah it's ridiculous like if you paid 25 dollars in delivery fees for a year the government should give you like 75 bucks (laughs) 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 for having to deal with that corrupt system (laughs) sound sounds that sounds like a really good plan and honestly it sounds like a plan that trump could get behind so i think you should phone our friend donnie here and get him on board Hey man, we're birthday buddies, so <laughs> I don't that's probably not a good thing, but congrats. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's just something I had to get off my chest though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks you all for listening. Uh we'll be back next week on Tuesday. And if you have any questions, just get at us on our Facebook page or uh get in touch with us. Thanks everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>